Womantla on cliffcentral.com. Yo, yo, yo. It's three minutes past ten. It is Wednesday. I'm Pumi Mashiko and you're tuned into Womantla. I think everybody's life needs a little bit of love. And being an older person in the dating game, I think the dating game has changed. And I think a lot of girls feel that way in 2016, that dating is just not the same anymore. So you can imagine how excited I was when I got an email in my inbox telling me about um dating coach. I got very excited and then I got skeptical. So Benita Chlobelauer is here in the studio with me and she's going to demystify this thing. She is the founder of Match VIP and her email signature says she's a dating coach and her handle, her Twitter handle is love coach. Welcome, Bonita. Thank you for coming in. And before, before any more anything, you have to tell me what this means. What exactly <laughs> is a da- dating coach? Is this a real thing or did you just make it up? No, it definitely is a real thing. Um, there are a couple of us out there. It's definitely a new, um, profession. Um, but generally what I do is I help people to identify why they're single, um, <laughs> and what needs to change. And then I help them to facilitate that change so that they find a partner. So I think I'm single because I need to lose weight. <laughs> okay. Well, how, how real is that? You know, what are the most common reasons you find for why people are still single? Is it the oh, real thing that's in their head? Yes. Or is it a real thing? Do I need to lose weight? You know Tread what? For then. me, I'm not going to answer that question <laughs> for you because part of coaching is where people need to find their own answers to their own questions. So I facilitate the change, asking people the right questions so they can decide what needs to change. And then I help them to change that because it's a very personal process. Um, I can tell you on my match VIP database stats that yes, um, overweight women don't do as well. As the skinnier ones. <laughs> Except every week I watch OPW and it's always the fat girls getting married. <laughs> so just as women don't like dating um, shorter men, it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh so are you a woman's dating coach or do you, are you a coach for everyone that wants to date? I coach men and women, tall people, short people, fat people, thin people. So if you if you are struggling to meet someone or you're struggling to maintain a healthy relationship, then you need to come see me and we can work through it and how unpack long, it for you. Uh, uh, so how long have you been doing this? How long has, has this profession been around? I think in the States, they're always a bit ahead of us. So it's been around for, say, two decades. As you're talking, I'm thinking about that movie with Will Smith. Yes. And that fat guy. Hitch. Switch. Switch. Hitch. Hitch. Yes, what, that's right. So are you like him? Are you like Will Smith in that movie? Um, I think I'm, I'm a more professional version. <laughs> you know, it's not just about the exterior. A lot of times people need a dating coach because they don't have the confidence or the self-worth. And, um, you know, that can be a problem if you don't, you know, like attracts like. So if you've got issues or you're emotionally not where you need to be, you'll also be attracting someone that isn't healthy as well. So, man, 
How did you become a dating coach? Where, where did this oh, journey start? Long story. I'm willing to hear it. I have to hear this one. Okay. So we're talking eight years ago. I was on a mission to find my husband, which I have now find subsequently. Uh, so you were a successful coach. Yes, at definitely. <laughs> we have a seven month daughter. Thank you. But I was really on a mission to find him because I wasn't meeting him through my friendships and through my friendship circles. So I tried online dating. I tried speed dating. And boy, do I have some very interesting stories to tell. You have to tell me one of them. Well, I can tell you about a first date I went on. We went to the wine bar at Monte Casino. And as we ordered our glass of of wine, it was a glass of red wine, I thought, okay, I might have just hit the jackpot here. Tall, (laughs) dark, handsome. Um, And then he proceeded to tell me, um, and he had quite a senior position in in a South African firm. Um, He was a CA. And then he proceeded to tell me that he hangs out at the doors on weekends in Edenvale. I don't know if they still exist. I hope not. And um, <laughs> he likes wearing leather hot pants um, on weekends and makeup. So <laughs> that's probably the worst one. <laughs> wow. Wow. I had no judgment there. So did you there, keep a straight face? Well, say, I, I finished my wine pretty quickly and then... <laughs> Unfortunately, the waitress just brought over the wine. So, <laughs> so then I signed up with a matchmaker and I thought, well, it sounds realistic. It could work. And I paid her an exorbitant amount of money and she turned out to be a bit of a con artist. So that didn't go well either. And I was quite disillusioned by what was on offer out there. And that's why I decided to start my own business. And I just, uh, opened up Match VIP seven years ago. It hasn't been easy, um, you know, matching people for a love relationship. It's been tough, but it's been good. Last year we had nine weddings and engagements. So yes, Halala. it works. We're doing well. Nine it does weddings. Work. It does work, but not for everyone. So I interview. Um, out of every hundred people I interview, I only accept fifty onto my database because I either have or I don't have matches for your profile. Um, and out of those two thirds, leave my database entering into a relationship, be it three months or longer. I just have two clients now. They've been engaged for a year and they're both back on the database. So sometimes it still doesn't work out. And that's why I moved over to coaching because I did coach my clients, um, without re- really realizing it. But then I formalized my coaching qualification three years ago. So there's a qualification. Yes. You're blowing me over. <laughs> you are blowing me over. What and what's the qualification? Well, it's a life coaching qualification. Well, firstly, I have I um I signed up with the Matchmaking Institute of New York. <laughs> Before I became a matchmaker and I completed their training and then I um, signed up for a life coaching course. So I am a trained life coach, but I've adapted the methodology to suit a personal and a love life environment. So what do you do? I am a, how how does one get onto your database? And and what can I expect from the experience? Is this from the matchmaking or the coaching? Let's start with the coaching. 
So for the coaching, you'd really just need to give me a call or send me an email, um, matchvip.co.za. <laughs> and, um, just we'll have a short discussion over the telephone and I'll just ask you a bit about your background, your environments at school, when you were, when you finished school, your work environment and some of the love relationships that you've had in your life. And then I'll ask you that very specific question. Why do you think? You're still single. If you had to list a couple of reasons and people usually know why, but they don't necessarily know the solution. So eight years in, what are the top five reasons why people are still single? Um, sure. In Joburg, it would have to be expectations, expectations, expectations. <laughs> really? Yeah. So people have this long list of what a potential partner should act like or look like or be like and then they they attend their first dates expecting someone to fit into this box that they've created um so that would be the first reason then also i think confidence confidence is key when you when you're dating if you're not confident you're not showing someone that you're worthy of his time or effort or her time and effort of getting to know me. So a lot of people struggle with confidence. Maybe there's a relationship pattern that you keep on repeating. So you're meeting the same guy or girl with a different face. <laughs> people do that. So I help them to break that pattern. Um, some people struggle with social skills and just dating skills. Can you imagine being married to your high school sweetheart for 20 years and all of a sudden finding yourself divorced and not understanding or, or having any understanding of what the dating environment is like? So, I so coach do clients people like say that. this? Do people say this when you ask them, why do you think you're still single? Do they say, I'm dating the same person over and over again? Or... Is that your diagnosis then? Do a bit of both. Mm. A bit of both. Sometimes people, well, most of the times people don't realize they have high expectations. They think it's quite normal. <laughs> what? Wait, wait. <laughs> I need to understand what is a high expectation. Okay. Let me think of an example. Because I'm not here looking. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let me think of an example. So um, I, I recently had a client um based in Durban and she was a highly successful doctor. She specialized um, in, in a certain field and she was in her forties and still single, never really had a boyfriend because she's focused on her career and she was expecting to meet someone that was as successful, if not even more successful. So is that a high expectation? I think you'd have to go look at the stats and uh, look at how many really highly successful guys there are out there. If you look at the stats in the United States, for every one female studying or for every one male studying, two females are studying for a higher education. You know, one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite, favorite quotes um, from, oh dear, what's his name? Film director. Anyway, and he's 
always going on about he doesn't understand why everybody's not just bisexual because <laughs> it actually doubles your chances Definitely. if you're bisexual <laughs> you're just looking for a person you're not necessarily looking for a male person or a female, female. person yes. so that statistic makes me go jeez hmm. mm. <laughs> so expectations in Joburg and around the country I've I've generally worked with people in Cape Town, um, not in Durban so much. Um, but I think you know, the expectations are just high. You know what the problem is when I when I talk about expectation that I'm referring to women specifically is they work very hard, they become highly successful, um, and they just they expect to meet a partner that women are looking for a carbon copy of themselves. So someone that's a little taller, a little more intelligent and earns a little bit more money, but a carbon <laughs> copy of themselves, right? <laughs> that's what we all want. We want yeah. someone to look up to. Yeah. Where men aren't looking for that necessarily. And I'm generalizing, but they're looking for a soft place to land at the end of a hard day's work. They don't want to go home and compete more. Then they are already competing. And that's why these highly successful women are struggling to meet guys because number one, a lot of them are already taken. And number two, they're a lot more educated females than males at the moment coming out of our universities. So what I try and teach women, is it all that important for him to be a professional? Maybe he's an entrepreneur and he sells electric cables and he earns just as much money as you do. Why does he have to have three degrees? Because he could be a potentially great partner in every other way. Maybe he reads books, but he doesn't have three degrees. Maybe he's street smart or he has a worldly knowledge instead of book knowledge. Oh, man. So that's what we're getting at. It's about opening up those expectations. What are you placing this expectation on your world this little box that you were brought up in why do people need to fit into that box so when I go out looking as a dating coach when I start the game um, recently divorced middle aged woman uh, children or you know the whole nine yards what are the chances of success? I think there is, oh, this is an idealistic view, but there is someone out there for everyone. Definitely. If you are hell bent on finding someone and you know you, because we weren't created to be by ourselves. We have this need to connect. So if you really want to meet someone and you make it your goal, like I did eight years ago to find my husband. If you make it your goal and you make it your top priority and put a strategy in place and a vision, <laughs> you can definitely reach that goal. And that's what coaching is about. Then I think the, the, then I think the, the, the natural next question for me is has dating changed? Has it changed from 20, 25 years ago to what it is today? Or is it simply that I'm 20 years late, older? It's a different type of game. Oh, yes. Dating has definitely, definitely changed. Um, let's just go back to the youngsters and see how their worlds have changed. They don't call it dates anymore. They hang out together. 
um, there's no wooing and having dinner. It's, they go out as friends. Um, we're talking about youngsters. So that's a very different environment. Something I haven't really tapped into, although I think they're the ones that lead a lot of social skills coaching. Um, but for, let's say a woman in her forties today, it has definitely changed. And, and the biggest change I would say is this parity of choice that we have. Um, Online, what's that app called? Tinder. Tinder. Like people have all this choice and it's a choice is supposed to be a good thing. But if you think about our parents, they were quite happy being in a relationship. And as long as they had a house and a car and two kids and 1.5 dogs, they were happy. Where today we're looking for fulfillment which has changed the game. And all this choice leads us ever chasing after the what ifs. So you're going on a first, second or third date and people are literally dating with their foot in the door. <laughs> as soon as they hit a speed bump or, you know, maybe your lipstick's too red or too purple or the shirt looked too pink. Okay, next, who else? Who can I swipe left or right to? So people don't stick it out and they don't take the time to get to know this individual being sitting opposite the table from you. So I think definitely choice has made it rather impossible to connect. So what has stayed the same? Before I ask this question, what has stayed the same? So I hear that choice and, and a bigger, more open world yes. has completely changed Yes, and it's led to more competition. <laughs> and led to more competition. But what has stayed the same? What can a girl like me look forward to um, when dating again? I'd have to say like the gender roles, the typical gender roles. I'm quite old-fashioned that way. And I think for people in their 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s even, um, those roles typically remain the same. So the guy needs to woo you and you need to be wooed. It's as easy as that. So men don't respond well to masculine energy in a romantic environment. So if you as the female are going to ask him out on a date, collect him, pay for the bill, <laughs> that gen it just generally won't work. It would emasculate him and it and he wouldn't stick around much longer. So I definitely say the typical male and female gender roles of who pays for the bill um remain the same. Sure. So then as a thirty year old in your thirties, in your forties in your 20s even, you know, I mean, I, I meet a lot of young girls, young women who are still single, can't find the guy, can't imagine why they're still single, can't, you know, can't keep keep a relationship. So is it then important to to kind of um, let some of that energy and ambition that you may have to like keep it hidden? I don't think that 
you you need to be careful that it doesn't come across as being needy or too desperate, obviously. And it's just about channeling all that energy and ambition into the right channel. So instead of channeling it in towards guys and trying to find guys, channel it towards yourself and improving your your life, living a fulfilled life, being a social being, being approachable, um, and and letting and drawing people to you rather than reaching out and trying to catch people. Does that make any sense? That makes sense. And and what I'm wondering about is so what does a typical coaching session look like with you? Okay, so I usually sign up my clients for eight weeks or eight sessions. It's a one hour session face to face. And the first two session is pretty much just the planning and, and identifying what it is that you would want to achieve. And we start the sessions off by creating the, well, the methodology that I use, which is my right to love methodology, which is trademarked, is where we determine your relationship vision. So where do you see yourself relationship wise? In five years time. And that's the only part of my process that I call all in the air, um, where we, we, you know, it's not a real goal because we can't achieve it within eight weeks, but it's, it's such an important aspect, um, to starting the process because most people don't have a vision for their love lives, um, or for their love life. If you think about it, we have a vision for our careers, our businesses, and we write them out and we say, right, this is where we're going. And if you don't have a vision, if you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? What sort of actions are you going to put in place? So putting together a relationship vision is the first step. Um, and then there as well, I pick up quite a few issues sometimes where people write up this vision and I say, right, so when you read that, how do you feel about it? And some people feel ridiculous about it. They can't read it. They say they want to laugh when they read it or it seems impossible. Um, or some people create such a narrow-minded vision that it's not really uh, – if I ask them, would, would you truly be happy if you achieved that? So it's just about the the environment or what we allow ourselves to achieve. And it's for most people, that's where a lot of the coaching starts is this internal turmoil about – can I really achieve this? And am I worthy of having a relationship and being loved? Okay, so that says a lot. And then the second part of the process is putting together a relationship goal. So a three-month goal, something quite practical that we decide on together that we can achieve over the eight sessions. And this could be something like um, I'm dating a minimum of two woman per week or something like that because if you remember these people that come see me aren't going on any dates they haven't been on a date for years or <laughs> i am more confident um when i approach women or men or i approach men confidently or whatever the goal they're specific but it's it's very personal and it's different for every person and once we've fleshed out that goal of what they'd like to achieve we give it a rating out of 10 to see 
um, where they are right now and where they'd like to be. So it's, it's quite practical and, and we track our success with the sessions. And then we look at your landscape. And to explain to you what the landscape is, um, it's all your internal and external factors that affect the outcome of your goal. So if I had to give you an example, if my, if my primary goal would be to complete my MBA, my landscape factors would be all those things that I would no, need no, in no, place. No, no, so I needed to be a, a relationship goal. You needed to be a so relationship in order so, goal. In, yeah, because I, I can, I can imagine. Okay. What, what I need to do to, 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 to achieve other things. But I think relationships, because they're not just about you. So an MBA, for instance, is about you. It's about how much you put in and how much yes. you study and all of that kind of stuff. But relationships are about two people. There's another person here. And, or the, there's a potential of another person being there. So it's not all up to you. Okay. So I need to understand how that works. All right. So, yes, that's that's a very relevant point. So they can't tell me as a primary goal, I want to be in a relationship in two months' time because we can't affect someone else's decisions. But let me give you an example. So this would be an example goal, um, a primary goal. I am confidently dating a minimum of three high-quality men per week. Okay, so that would be a goal. Or it could be I am dating a minimum of two high-quality women or five per week um, with many options to enter into a successful relationship. Okay. Or I understand how to enter into a successful relationship. And what does that mean? <laughs> Okay, so then we look at the landscape items. So everything in your life, the internal and the external factors that affect that goal. And one of the, and, and, you know, the, the recipe for success in anything is to create the right landscape. So it's about doing a lot of small things differently so that you reach overall success. Does that make sense? I, I so, just don't know. Okay, so but what kind of things? Okay, so we unpack this. So I am confidently. So let's look at you. Can we use you yeah, as an example? Let's make this relevant. Mm. So what would you, if you if you had to be in a in the best relationship you could possibly envision yourself in five years from now, what would that be? I don't know. Exactly. Okay. Well, let's, let's try and, and streamline the process. So let's say you're fun. in absolute bliss, fun. You're married. You want to be married. I don't know. You're maybe. happy and, and it couldn't be better. What is something actionable that you and I can achieve over the next three months in order for you to be well on your way to reaching that goal or that vision. Do I have to answer that? You must answer that. You're the coach. No, but that's the coaching <laughs> process. So let's say, let me use an example. Let's say you say, well, I'd need to meet more men because I'm not meeting men. Meet, uh, meeting people. Okay. Yeah. Meeting more men. And, and I like the high quality because okay. how do you define high quality? So you if you start meet... out saying there's, there's a problem with expectations in particular for women that are ambitious and successful. Yes. Then they have a problem with, with their expectation of what a high quality man is. Mm. So how do you define that? Okay. So we'll look at that. And that's part of the unpacking process. 
Um, let me answer that for you quickly. We're getting sidetracked here. No, <laughs> this no, is such important. an interesting. It's important. So I have something that I call a smart dating process, which is a three-step process. Um, I always tell people, don't go on blind dates. They're soul-drenching. They waste your time. <laughs> There's nothing worse than having to finish a plate of food with someone you have nothing in common with. Stop I have a friend, doing that. I have a friend who's promised to come on my show and give me her dating stories because she's got plenty. So the first step to the smart dating process is finding someone. And there are three ways to do that. You do it through your personal network, socially, or through dating services. That's a whole different topic. The second step to the smart dating process is screening. <laughs> and there's a way to screen people before you meet them. You do it by asking clever questions, relevant questions, without them even realizing what are the clever what questions it is to that ask. you. <laughs> I'm giving away all my tips. <laughs> Let me tell you. Okay, say for instance, it's quite important that someone is really good with money, or um, that they are financially responsible. If that's one of your deal breakers, then a clever question to ask, even over a dating app or sites, is if you if you won a million rand, how would you spend? and why and that just makes you seem interesting like you're creating conversation but it's going to tell you a lot about that person so you need to firstly understand what your deal breakers are and your must-haves and put together a list of five really clever questions that you ask before you meet the other person so that's step three of the dating process is then dating so step one finding step two screening you must screen before you go to step three, which is dating. And you'll find you'll go on less dates and they'll be more fun because you'll actually have something in common with these people before you meet them. But, okay, so the, the, so one of the things that I hear all the time from my single friends is I just don't know where to meet people. Okay. So and that's also quite easy to sort out. Okay. It's so easy to sort out. There are three ways of meeting people. The best possible way is through your network, your personal network or your network at work. What if your network is like you, either single or married? <laughs> okay. So then you need to move over to the second way of meeting someone, and that is socially. Socially is the best way to meet someone, and I'll tell you why. Because you already know there's a chemistry. You already know you have something in common. The reason why dating services have such a low success rate, and we're talking about less than a 30% success rate, is because people are meeting and meeting and meeting and dating and dating without there being any chemistry or connection. So they're meeting to find out if there is a connection. So the best way to meet someone is socially. And I've got the tools and the ways that I teach my clients how to be more approachable, to go out there and to go to a music show or an art gallery and to meet people. It's so easy once you already start when doing you know it. How. <laughs> oh, dear. You're asking for all my intellectual no, property. So Let I me can't... tell you the biggest, the biggest way to be more approachable. Is to approach people. It's as easy as that. It's just about saying, hi, how's your day been? And leaving it there. And doing that with everyone. Oh, but that's impossible for girls. So Why? you have to, you have to be willing to approach people. 
but you also have to be non-aggressive. So you can't be an aggressor. You can't look like you're looking to meet people. But you, I mean, this is impossible. The key <laughs> is to be a social being and to bounce off people and off their energies. And it's about being approaching people from a place of power and taking the intent out of it. You're not, you're, you're, you're not you're, approaching you're. <laughs> an attractive guy because you want to make him your partner. You're approaching him and you're flirting with him because you can. And once you're done talking to him, you're going to talk to the person on the other side of him. And then you're going to talk to the person behind you. So you are just being a social person and bouncing off people. And I have tools and strategies that I teach people how to work a room, how to be more approachable. I have the chooser approach. So it's a four-step approach to meeting men, making eye contact, smiling, all of that. So... There are a lot of simple techniques that you can quite easily learn. And it's once you have the theory behind it, how to go ahead and implement it. It's like anything in, in life. Pumi, if I, if I took you to a shopping center and I said, right, now you're going to walk up to, I'm going to take you to the mall of Africa, right? Cause I hear they're quite busy at the moment. <laughs> so, I hear you can't get in. <laughs> so I tell you, right, I want you to find the 10 most attractive guys in this store and to ask them what the time is. So you walk up to them, you say, excuse me, do you have the time? The first three times you're going to feel so uncomfortable, but by the eighth time, you're doing it like a pro. Number nine and ten, you think, right, that was easy. Okay? Then I'm going to say, right, now you need to find the next ten guys. I want you to ask them what the time is, and then I want you to compliment them on their watch or their phone, whichever device they get the time off. And then ask them um, more about it. So what are you doing now? You're starting to create a conversation. And the first time you're going to do it, you're going to go, hi, nice watch, sorry, time, please. <laughs> That's what you're going to do, right? <laughs> but then you get over yourself. You do it again and Even again. I would be catatonic having that kind of conversation. But by the 10th time you do, you've done it, probably two guys have asked you for your number. Because you've started a conversation and that's, that's what coaching is about. It's about pushing you out of your boundaries and, and saying, just take a chance, get out of your comfort zone, do something different. And as soon as you, as you have a positive, as you receive positive reinforcement, um, so someone asks you for your number or asks you about your watch or your phone then it's quite easy to go back and do it again because you're operating from that reference point, from the positive experience. And it's about creating daily new experiences. I always tell my coaching clients, if you are moving out of your comfort zone just a little bit every single day, just greet that handsome guy standing behind you at the, at the, in the queue. Um, just greet him. Say hi. If he smiles back, great. If he doesn't, then you greet the next guy. And just move out of your comfort zone. If you do that a little bit every day, you won't recognize your love life in the next three months. Yes. It sounds like 
work. It is hard work. <laughs> but it's like work. Isn't your career hard work? Isn't your business hard work? Why are they successful? Because you put eight hours a day into them. So why not put half an hour a day into your love life and focus and commit on meeting someone? And changing the way you do things. Does making it so strategic and work make it less fun? Fun and spontaneity are key to a first date success. But if you aren't dating and you aren't meeting people, it's like playing the lotto. You have to buy a ticket to win. Some people win the lotto. We hate them. I have friends like that. They met their husband at school or at varsity and life just was a breeze. Don't you just hate people like that? You get them, right? But not everyone wins the lotto. And some of us need to put a more strategic approach to it. And and whether we need to pull together and start coaching and buy 500 lotto tickets to try and win the lotto. If you're not buying a ticket, if you're not playing the field, if you're not out there meeting people, you're not going to date. You're not going to meet someone. Is it not statistically, when you talk about the statistics that say every one guy, there are two girls in college. For every top executive, there's, you know, for every top executive woman there that's single. Yes. There's like half a single <laughs> top executive yes. man. Are those statistics not discouraging though? Not at all, because why do you need to date an executive with three degrees if you can be even more, just remember those types of men. I'm generalizing. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I see you looking around, looking around suspiciously to see if Rory's here. Yes, so out. just careful. <laughs> I am generalizing. But the type of men that have these high-powered executive jobs, they most of the times are narcissists. They're selfish. They chase money. They... They don't, they're not emotionally available. They're never at home. They're traveling the world. Is that what you want? Or do you want a guy that's there for you emotionally? He's a good father to your kids. He treats you, um, with respect. Um, what, what, what's more important? So it's about, it's about identifying what is more important. You know, you could, you could meet, and I'm not saying there's a difference between not having standards or settling, <laughs> right? Not having standards yes. or settling. Yes. What's the difference? So. Is, is, which one's good? I don't know. I just confused myself. So I think settling <laughs> and not having standards is the same thing. So settling is when you when you say, well, um, I'm going to be with someone that disrespects me, that treats me badly, that um, gives me a booty call at 10 at night or cheats on me. And I make excuses for him because I can't find anyone else because there's no one else out there. Or lowering your standards and saying, well, he doesn't need to have three degrees, a PhD. He doesn't need to earn a million rand a year or drive a fancy car. As long as he can pay his own way, as long as he has a car, as long as he's a good 
provider, <laughs> as long as I feel safe with him, as long as we can communicate, as long as we have a loving, respectful relationship. That's what I'm saying. So it's about lowering your standards, not settling. Sure. I want to talk about, I, I want to talk about racial profiles because we live in South Africa mm. and we know how, what is in your experience over the past eight years, what has that been been like? You know, when you, when you bring people in, how open are people to having um, relationships across the races in the, I may not have thought up a data Indian guy, a black guy, or yes. what, you know, how, how open are girls to that in South Africa in 2016? Okay. So, I want to answer that question by starting off. I have yet to still coach a black South African man. <laughs> really? <laughs> They're not open to this type of thing. I also, on my match VIP database, um, the matchmaking database, I probably at the moment have four black guys. They're just not open to this type of thing or this type of service. And girls? Girls, yes, they are a lot more open. Um, and I have amazing black women on my database, um, but I just don't have the guys necessary to introduce them to. I don't know what it is if guys just don't feel like they want to come talk to a female about their relationship issues. And I think it's a cultural thing. I'm not too sure what it is. But um, with the interracial dating, definitely a lot of that going on in the younger age group. So below 30, a lot of that people not too phased about it. But over 40, I wouldn't say there are many people dating interracially. And do, would you feel equipped for it? I ask you this question because I'm trying to think, do I even know what the... because Black guys, they can be like the petrol attendant, okay? Yes. They have the confidence to walk up to you in your SUV yes. as you're there to pour petrol and they're just like, oh, yes. hey, sexy mama. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably why they don't need me because they do it themselves. Black guys, black guys are that guy, right? They're just like, hey, your yes. hearts. They, they, they truly are. And the way that, and this is, my experience from dating when you were younger, black guys just come up to you. They're just like, hi, how are you doing? Ask for your number. You're yes. like, Psh, whatever. They'll just walk right off to the next girl. They, exactly. They, you know, it's like water off a duck's back. But when I think about the white guys I know, I wonder how you, you spark that because I've never seen a white guy walk up to a strange girl and be like, Hey, you're hot. Can I, you know, exactly. <laughs> So there's definitely a difference in the way that those relationships are initiated or yes. even those conversations are initiated. So as a black woman in 2016, who's like, okay, whatever, you know, how does one get into, or rather, how does one get over the stereotypical expectations? So what I think in my head is right and what he may think is right may not correspond to each other. I want to ask you something. Do you think that it's all black men that, that act that way, that just approach, or is it the majority of them, or could it be a small percentage of them that are really just quite busy? 
Dude, I am telling you. <laughs> you can ask any black girl. <laughs> yes. Black guys. I, but isn't there a, a percentage of them that wouldn't do that either, that are more reserved? They probably are, but they're probably a very small yes. percentage. So I just, in terms of the way that relationships have always worked. Yes. That's just the way that they are. They're very much, they understand that you've got to be open. You've got to be aggressive. You've got to make the call. Yes. You've got to stand up and go to this person. Yes. And, and women, which is also one of the things that in, with, with black women becoming much more assertive, mm -hmm. the thing that, that like gets any black guys back up is a yes. girl that just comes up to them and starts talking to them and they're just like, are you an easy girl? Yes. <laughs> you know? Okay. And, and so that kind of jump between the two races, if you're a black guy wanting to approach a white girl, or if you're a black girl who's willing to be in a relationship with a white guy, how does one get, do that leap? That's a tough question because I think everyone's different and every situation's different. There are no rules with dating or relationships. There is open-mindedness and dropping your expectations and just understanding this person for who they are. That's what I'd say and, and how they approach you. Mm. So talk to me about the profile on your, on the match VIP database. So you've got a database. It is like a dating. Yes, that's right. Site. Is that what it is? Yes. How does that work? So I understand how the coaching works and I've just got a call. Come in, have the, you know, how does the, the dating database work? Do you only take people on that you have people for? Yes. So it's a 40 minute interview, face to face interview where we put together your profile and we just determine what type of person you'd like to date. Um, we look at your past relationships. So your past relationship assessment says quite a bit. Sometimes we date the same type of people and sometimes we need to change that trend so that we can have a successful relationship the next time around. So it's quite an in-depth profiling. And based on that profile, I'll then get back to you and say, right, either we can or no, we can't go ahead. And more than 50% of the time, I don't have matches for people because I, I, I just don't. It's my database is very corporate, um, generally age 28 to 50 and they are execs and, um, they expect a lot from life. They lead active, healthy lifestyles and I think only 18% smoke. So it's a very, it's, it's not a market representative database because it is quite pricey as well. Oh, so do, do people have to pay to be on the database? Oh, yes. And then how does it work? So you pay, I pay a fee? Yes, it's four and a half thousand rand mm -hmm. for a membership. How long's the membership? It's a two year membership. Mm -hmm. So you can move on and off the database as many times as you'd like. And, and then do other people on the database have, Access to it, or do you decide? I decide. Girl X needs to meet girl I decide. Guy. Yes. So I introduce people to each other based on their profiling interview, and then I set up the dates for them. And typically, what kind of dates do you set up? Well, they they decide on where they'd like to go. I um, just facilitate the introduction to each other. But usually I'd say a first date needs to be the type of venue where you can either spend 30 minutes 
or three hours, depending on how, how well the date goes. So don't sit and have dinner the first time. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what do you do? What do you do on a first date? What should people be doing? Well, people should go for a quick drink, a coffee or a cocktail. And if things go really well, then have a plan B. Go to an art gallery or go play bowling, tempen bowling or putt-putt or go do something because that's how you create a connection. First dates need to be spontaneous and fun. And that's how you create a connection with someone is if you are experiencing different locations together and doing things together rather than staring at each other over a plate of food and having to rely. And trying to chew sexily. Exactly. <laughs> trying to chew yeah. to sexy at the same time. And, <laughs> and then having to rely on what the other person is telling you about themselves. Where if you do things together, like go on a hike or just walk through the mall, then you can see how they treat other people, how they react to situations. And that teaches you a lot more about someone. Which is a good place to go. What are the, what are the tells? You know, what do you have to look out for in a first date that makes you say, this could be a second date or not? What are the tells that say this is going well? Look, a first date is an awkward environment. It's an awkward situation. So, I always say to my clients, go on at least four dates before you make a no decision. Really? Yes. Four? Go on four dates. Some people don't make good first impressions, yet they'd make an awesome life partner. Some people just aren't socially inclined to make good first impressions. Um, what a lot of guys usually do on a first date, you know, men communicate to assert status. Women communicate to bond. So what we usually do on a first date is we share way too much information because we're looking to bond and connect and the guy's going, ooh. <laughs> so, and, and so women share to, to bond and, and men? Men communicate to assert status. Assert status. Yes. Okay. So what he does when he really likes someone on a first date, he starts rambling off all his achievements and his work and where he's traveled to and because what, what is he trying to do? He's trying to impress her and he's trying to just let her know who he is. And women imply that as someone who's quite full of themselves and then just think, <laughs> yeah, oh no, definitely think. not going on a date with him again. And all he was trying to do was show off. Um, and usually if you go on a second or third date with that same person, you'll find an entirely different experience. Sure. Okay. That's a good one. Assert status. Yes. That's a good one. I must remember that one. Yes. And that means he really likes you if he's trying to show off because he's really trying to impress you. And once he's done the impressing on the second date, he would more likely just be himself. Talk to me about the oversharing. So women like to overshare. What are the kind of places you don't go to on a first you date? Don't tell people about your diet or <laughs> about the parts of your body that you don't like. Like I hate my legs or I hate my nose. Cause that's just putting yourself off. Um, in his, you, in his eyes, you are devaluing yourself. Mm. What are the, Good things to do that do make a first impression as a girl to a guy. I say, especially um, with today's corporate female, when you go on the first day, just be warm and, and nurturing and you start the day off by or the date off by not going straight from work. 
um, go leave your work persona at home. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So get dressed into something feminine. And when you show up at the date, what do we usually do? Do we shake hands when we say hi? What do you do? You hug him. This but isn't you a don't job know him. interview. He's a stranger. So you're just being a natural, warm, feminine being. So you just give him a hug. Hello. It makes it easier to say goodbye because then you can say goodbye with a hug, whether it goes well or badly. And it just shows that you are feminine. It builds a connection, an instant likability. Hugging. You, just a hug. Hello. It's just a quick hug. You don't have to go like full on chest on chest. You can just go shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> shoulder to shoulder hug. Yeah, okay, it's just so a quick hug. Good first date, shoulder to shoulder hug. Yes. Not too much information. Also, don't stare at each other. Don't sit across the table from each other because that's awkward. Your energy needs to be pointed outward. Sit next to each other at the table so that you've got something to look at. And if there's an awkward silence, you can both quite easily look away. Look Look away without feeling that you're breaking the connection with each other. <laughs> right. Those are good tips. Yes. Okay. Sound like a good coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, because I was genuinely intrigued at the concept of getting a coach to teach you ab about connecting. Yes. And, and relationships, because I, I see it, you know, I, I get it now, the connecting with people about work, the coaching around life and, yes. but connecting around dating is like completely freaky for me. And, and I, I, genuinely, some of the things that I've never thought of that, that have come up in this conversation, like I, I always think I would not hug a stranger. But I also wouldn't go on a blind date. <laughs> okay. Well, there you are. You know, it's like with anything else in life, the more you know, um, the more comfortable you are and the better you are at it. So I teach people the theory behind dating and relationships so that they have the confidence to go out there and practice then it. Then do you, do you accompany them? Are you like, no, like I don't accompany them. Do you watch them. from a distance to see how they're no. fucking it up? <laughs> they're doing it right. No, I don't. I just, um, ask them to feedback and we come back and we, it, Analyze what happened and what happened after the date and what we can do better next time. And quickly before I let you go, you also run seminars. Yes, I do. Talk to me about the seminar. Yes. So I have an event um, that I'm hosting on Wednesday, the 11th of May at the Bryanston Country Club. And it's called How to Meet Quality Men. And it's for women only. Girls only. So you're not going to meet the only. guy at this no. one, but you are going to get the tips. I'm going to teach them three easy ways on how to meet quality men, not just any men. And the tickets are 400 rand per ticket. But if you bring a friend, it's 300 rand each. And tickets can be bought on my website, matchvip.co.za. Um, or you can go to Love Coach Bonita on Facebook. There's an events page with a link and you can purchase the tickets over there. And it's it definitely, um, it will be a blast. So we invite everyone. We start off the evening with a cocktail and then we just have lots of fun. Sounds like lots of fun. Bonita, thanks for coming in. I'm going to try it one more time. If you think he should be yours, this is Jeffrey Osborne. You should be mine. Thank you for coming in. The event is next week. I'll put it up on my Facebook and on my Twitter as well. Thank you. So, love coach.
Bonita. Thank you, girl. Thank you. This is CliffCentral.com.